Hey, welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast. The Black Knight Nation podcast is sponsored by Higher Echelon. Higher Echelon is a company run by Joe Ross, former Army fullback, former Army officer, former Army assistant coach, Black Knight Nation guest. Joe Ross and Higher Echelon have been a great supporter of this podcast, and we really appreciate them. Um, we're going to, this is the recap of the uh, Army's 31 14 loss to Georgia State at Mikey Stadium today. Very disappointing outing for the Black Knights. And we have as our panel today, my co-host Steve Anderson. We have Brendan in Jersey. We have Black Knight Nation writer Seth Mendelson. And we're going to get uh, ads right now. We're going to add Steve Kripe from Crawdad's Countdown to Kickoff. So we got quite a, quite a crew here to recap this game. And, you know, there's a lot to talk about, guys. And, um, you know, before I really get on the offense and what went on with the offense today, I'm just going to go around the, the horn here and, and get your initial thoughts on this game because, I mean, this is a game I thought that Army should win by double digits coming in. I was surprised the line was only eight and a half in Army's favor. I know that Georgia State played South Carolina, North Carolina, Coastal Carolina. I know they lost to Charlotte at home by one point. You know, I, I just thought that this if Army – if we were going to see this Army team um, – yeah, you know, I, I thought that this was an important part of their season. Get to 500 before the Wake Forest game, win at home, and it just didn't happen today. So, uh, Steve, Steve Anderson, we'll get your your take on the game first. I know we were texting earlier, and hey, you weren't texting me toward the end of the game, Steve. You were texting me at the beginning of the game, but you weren't texting me toward the end of the game, man. Yeah. Uh, well, um, first and foremost, yeah, I 100 percent agree with you, Sal. Um, you know, we. we you know, as an organization, as a program, uh, people fear coming into Mikey Stadium. I mean, Coach Munkins, <laughs> Coach Munkins probably lost five or six games in his entire career at Mikey. I don't know what the stat is, but it's it's an impressive, it's an impressive um, a record. And uh, so it's very, very. You know, we were texting about it. Uh, you know, I I had texted. You know, you know, maybe a little a uh, little hangover on the bye week. Um, of course, Sal comes right back with like, you should be itching to play after a bye week, you know? So, <laughs> um, and you're absolutely right. And I think, um, you know, I had so many people text me. I wish I was in that locker room at halftime <laughs> with whatever, with whatever coach Munkin had, had said or did or whatever happened. Uh, we just don't know. So, um, but definitely, um, definitely disappointing to see us lose. Um, and yeah, I stopped texting Sal cause you know, when, you know, after halftime, I was like, all right, I'm going straight. Just, I'm not doing anything else. I'm just going to watch the game and it'll be good. Um, and then I had, uh, I had to move spots right towards the end. And then all of a sudden everything went to crap. And I was like, no, no, it went, it went South in a hurry, right? It went South in a hurry. Yeah, it happened fast. I, I think, um, you know, uh, I think there's the, the biggest thing is we, we came out flat. I, I did not, I did not see people flying around the ball or it did not seem like we were, um, you know, obviously executing to the, to the caliber that we're used to. Um, I think the one play, you know, Sal's the offensive guy. I'm the defensive guy. I think the one play that really stuck out to me was the QB like dropped back and then he scored a touchdown, just ran right past Andre Carter. I just thought, I just thought that was like, so not, what you know, I don't know if Carter's eyes were somewhere else or he had a different read, but it just seemed like he just blew right past him. And you know, I, I, I just felt like uh, that was a play 
we easily could have made. I think I don't know if it was third down, but it was definitely a play that. I think it was. Uh, yeah, I. I, I um, so that was just one play that I really say that I, I, of course I had to text Sal, uh, after the, the, the slot back counter that went for a minus one. Um, I was like, Oh, that's, that's just not a good play. And Sal, Sal humored me. So, but yeah, I, I think, um, you know, overall, um, uh, you know, disappointing loss. I thought the guys played well in the second half, good enough to win up until the last three minutes, uh, four minutes. Um, and, you know, you, you you play a team like that, you keep them around, um, and then they just execute at a at a better rub. But um, yeah, disappointing. Yeah, yeah. Real quick, right before uh, I I went on uh, Steve's uh, radio show this this week, right? Crawdad's countdown to kickoff, um, or last week, Steve. I think it was last week, and yeah. I, and somebody asked me, well, what what scares you the most about Georgia State, right? And you know what scared me the most about Georgia State? Their coach. He motivated an 0-4 team to go into Army and outplay Army. Oh, outplay is not even a strong enough word, right, in the first half. He motivated his team enough. And they're they're all banged up. One of their, their starting linebackers out for the season. Everybody has injuries, right, guys? And they are kicking the tail there in the first half. So that was, uh, you know, the whole slapback thing I'll get into later. But let's go to Brendan and his take on the game now. So, uh, so I joked before we went live that I, I slept past my alarms this morning and missed the first quarter, and apparently the Army team did too. Um, you know, it's it's just the, – the thing that's so painful about a game like this is that as bad as it got, it was still so winnable. Yeah. And, you know, it's like whatever – if, like, the team comes out flat or whatever happens in the first half, the coaches challenge them at halftime. They rise to the challenge – in the third quarter. And then I really felt like the coaches kind of let them down in the fourth quarter because it come, it really, to, to me, the game really come down to fourth and less than a yard at the goal line. I really felt like you just needed to calm down there, maybe take a timeout if you need to, because everybody knew that the fullback was going to get the ball and I understand it's their bread and butter. It's not that far to go, but everybody on the defense knew that he was getting the ball too. And it was like, just the alignment they were in. It's like, I like, I don't care like how confident you are in your offense. That's just not a look that you want to run against. And so I felt like they really needed to call a timeout there um, and, and, and regroup and, and really like, really think about what they wanted to do because it, it was, it was, it was, it was an important moment in the game. And Munkin is usually very savvy with things like that. Like if you go back to the armed forces bowl in, um, in 2017 against San Diego state, he calls a timeout with like five minutes left in the game. Yeah. Because he just, he just knows the, the pace of the game and, and where he's, and he can anticipate where it's going to go. And ultimately that bought them enough time to score at the end of the game, so yeah, Brandon. One, one, one thing I just want to I just want to ask, and this can be for the group or or just for you, but do you think um, was it, it was Tyler was in the game at that point, wasn't he? No, he was out. He was no, out. no, it was it was. Do you think Cade was confident enough to look at that defense and call timeout because he felt like maybe this isn't the right play, or do you feel like? You know, this is the play call. We're gonna run this no matter what the look is. Oh man, I I I don't know, but 
I I also have in my mind. I I just if I if I may plug uh, a couple previous episodes of the show. I was just uh, just yesterday. I I went back and listened to the conversations you had with um, uh, oh man, not. Nate Sassaman. Sassaman. Nate Sassaman. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now he was just like, yeah, there was no audibles, so I, I don't, I, I, I honestly yeah, don't know. You know what, uh, Brendan? Real quick on that, right? Um, so on that fourth down play, you run Jacoby Buchanan, right? And he's keep, he's trying to keep his legs moving. He's trying to keep his legs moving, right? And Ballard's trying to push him into the end zone, right? That should have been reversed on third down. That should have been Kate under center, quarterback sneak, Jacoby pushing Kate. That's what it should have been. But instead, like, Cade's trying his hardest to shove Buchanan into the end zone, but Georgia State put up a good enough wall. So Sal, that's a, that, that, that is a play that is just – I don't know if it's not drawn up that way. I mean, maybe they just call it a QB sneak and they know to do that. But mm-hmm. that that is a very successful thing I see all over college and NFL, right? You just yeah. – I've seen in the NFL um, – who was it? I think it was the, the Texans – they put a defensive tackle at fullback and just said, just, just yeah. push. It was probably their strongest guy, right? Just push yeah. that guy six inches. You know, he's not going to make it on his own. That's why you're back here. Just what do that. The push, push was made legal. It completely changed the line offense. You know, guys, I'd like to throw my two cents in there on that. You know, we, we got to talk also about the offensive line. There was absolutely no hole there for Buchanan to get through. And, you know, that's, that's on the offensive line. They got to create a hole. You know that gets gets him six inches, um, and they didn't. They didn't do it in the play before with Ballard running the ball. Yeah, I, said, I don't. I don't know if it's a hole as much as it's a push, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, whatever right, it is, I mean, you, you got to have that open. The NFL, these guys open up the open up a little bit of a, a hole there. You know, he should have made it. Let's be honest. You know, um, he, he should have made it, but he didn't, and he didn't make it because they, they they knew what was coming, and I put that on the coach, and. Um, uh, uh, but the, the players, the offensive line, didn't give them anything. And, you know, that I mean, I, I, I feel like we can say they knew what they were coming, but, like, he's got – I mean, Buchanan's got quite the record at, of getting six inches in his career. I think it's been one or two times ever he hasn't got it. So I, I just feel like the, the, the analytics are on the Buchanan fullback dive. There. Yeah, so, I, I mean, it, they are. And yeah, and and I just feel like uh, I know we can sit here. If Buchanan gets in there, nobody's talking about this, and of course he didn't. And and we want to say it's a different play, but I just really feel like you know most of these coaches go by analytics. And if you have a ninety, if you have if you have one play that you know you have a ninety-two percent chance of getting six inches on, what play are you calling? What player are you calling? That's what Munkin said to us at the press conference. You know yeah, what, I mean, what, what player are you calling? That's you know what I'm calling? Nah, I'm just kidding. You know, you know what? If, <laughs> if Ty- slot, slot, slot back counter. That's what Sal's calling right there. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. no, if Tyre's in the game, right, I'm calling that off-tackle run that he scored the second touchdown on because everybody's thinking pullback dive, right? But Tyre's not in the game. He's on the sidelines, so – I guess you go with the fullback dive. Steve Kripe, let's get to you real quick. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm listening to all this and sort of confirming some of the things that I'm thinking of. You know, to me, there's a, a want-it factor. You know, who wants it? And, uh, and and I just felt like consistently, you know, on a majority of the plays, 
there was just a sense that Georgia State wanted it worse. I mean, they 0-4, didn't want the, the, the thought of going 0-5, you know, and, and you know, supposedly uh, Munkin gave him a talking to. I mean, I think one of the sideline reporters said that, you know, hey, if you don't want it, you know, turn in your pads right now kind of talk at halftime. Yeah. And it seemed like they came out at halftime, scored, you know, on the first two possessions, and boom. And then suddenly turned it over on downs, turned it over on downs, interception, turned it over on downs. You know, who wants it? And, and, and uh, you know, it, it's hard for me to believe, you know, especially as a player, you're coming into our house, coming into – storied Mikey Stadium, and, and, and I don't you know, I, there's part of me that says, I'm going to put this on the coaches, um, you know, being ready for the game, you know, striking that balance between, you know, you know, emotionally high, emotionally low, finding that sweet spot, um, they just seem flat, and, you know, the, the, the really uncharacteristic turn, uh, two turnovers in the first half, the opening possession, the closing possession in the second half, um, both of which were looking like classic army grinded out kind of, you know, sustained drives for a touchdown and they turn them over. There, there yeah, were just so many elements of this, uh, irrespective of where we think the talent is and uh, the team chemistry um, that were just uncharacteristic, you know, of, of this year the, thus far. Well, well, Seth and I can speak on this. Coach Munkin, the first thing that he said in his press conference, and you can watch the YouTube uh, on our YouTube channel, his press conference, his full press conference. He took the blame for this game. He took the game for the loss about getting them ready to play, about the way that he said, now how many coaches say we wasted the first half? But, but he was, that's honest. They, they completely wasted the, the first 30 minutes of this game. I mean, just with the two turnovers, just with, you know, just not getting it done on defense. You know, that hurry-up offense by Georgia State, they couldn't slow down. The runs were gashing. You know, when they did throw the ball, they were getting the yardage. When the quarterback wanted to run and pick up a first down or a touchdown, he got it. So, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, Coach Coach did um, – first things he said in his press conference was that he points the blame right at himself. Yeah, I think, I, I think that's very, um, you know – I think that's just the kind of leader Coach Munkin is. But, you know, if we play – if we execute perfectly and we make all the tackles and, uh, you know, just as a player, I just I just never believed in the whole, you know, it's the coach's fault we lost. Okay? they It, it, it just – you know, we have turnovers. That's not the co – the coach didn't have turnovers. Okay? Um, you know, we, we don't get it on fourth and inches. That's a call – you know, you know, we can say everything we want about the call about that that fourth and inches on the goal line, but it goes back to Steve's point, man. How bad do you effing want it? It's it's seventeen to fourteen. How bad do you want six inches? O line, quarterback, fullback. That's what it goes down to. And I, I you know, I, I obviously respect the, the heck out of Coach Munkin. I mean, he is he is the kind of guy that. You know, you just want to follow, and you, you love to be at the head of the table. But you know, I you know, I think the players know. You know, we we didn't execute perfectly, and you know, maybe some of that goes on the coaches for prepping them for the game. But at the end of the day, right? Coaches facilitate wins and they facilitate lo losses, but they don't they don't cause them. Okay, this is on the players, 
And you know, this is gonna be this is gonna be a long week, man. We got wait we got wait for us. Like this is gonna be a long week. Oh yeah, and, and one thing I'll throw out, you know, one of those. I mean, there were certain elements of this again that were just uncharacteristic. And probably at the top of the list is Kay Ballard. I mean, he's been money throwing the ball, especially from an accuracy standpoint. Now, granted, in this game, he had to throw a couple balls where it was clear passing situations, which our probability of success goes way down. But he was one for seven. Um, and, and, and that one in the end zone, back in the left corner of the end zone, man wide open, and that doesn't happen. Well, that just, wow, that was, again, very uncharacteristic. So it, it may be just that perfect storm of a lot of different factors, um, but man, that this—I don't know about y'all, but this was this one hurt. This one yeah. hurt. Steve, real quick point about the passing, right? When you have a bye week and the game before you throw one pass, right? You're not taking many. You're not taking many game reps throwing the ball, right? I mean, you're not doing much in the last two weeks, like in a game situation, throwing the ball in. You know, some they called the, the the one that he threw in the end zone was a first down pass, right? Was a first down pass. So then we have to get behind behind the behind the the, the chains in that one. Yeah, never. The one that he threw on the sidelines for ten yard for a ten yard out that was incomplete was a first down pass. You know, they they were thrown on first down. They were off schedule on those plays. And then what the the play after the the miss in the end zone was the fumbled pitch, right? I mean, it was the bad pitch to um. Robinson, right? So maybe there's something in the back there. Hey, I missed that play. Yeah, I have to move on to the next play. That's what they're told. And then the pitch, they're not really in sync on that pitch. That's a huge play because if you get points before the half there, right, whether it's a field goal, a touchdown or anything, you came out firing on all cylinders in the second half. It, it, it may have been a tie game. Our Army may have been ahead. I know it's a what-if game and stuff like that, but you had to get points at the end of that first half, and to come up empty, that certainly hurt. Yeah, no no doubt. Uh, now, what were the stats? Go, go for it, Steve. Sal, what were the stats for quarterback and, and, and fullback? What were the, how many yards? Oh, like running the ball? Yeah. Well, Tyler had over 100 yards rushing, and I think Ballard yeah. probably had like 80, 80 yards rushing, and they rushed for – Three fifty four. Yeah, so they probably had quarterbacks probably had half of their yards. I'm guessing, right, Seth? Yeah. I bet you the yeah. quarterbacks had, quarterbacks about, had half about half their, half their yards. yards. Yes. And you know what it was too today? Buchanan, Riley, Hayden, Reed, Markel Johnson. It was like a four headed fullback system today that probably counted for probably. You know what? Let me just get this out of the way. Slot backs today. No, non factor, non factor, and my. I've said this point a bunch of times. Ijon Marshall, right? He gets the ball in his hands. Good things happen. One one pitch play, fifteen yards. Yep. That is it today. You you you're not throwing you're not throwing the slot backs the ball today. You're targeting for the most part. You're targeting Austin all day. You know you're not. I I know most of the time it's slot backs down the seam, right? Pretty much, right? That's the pass play to the slot backs, but. Ishawn Marshall gets one carry, and Tyrell Robinson, I don't think he was a factor today. Was he a factor today? I don't think he was a factor today. No, he wasn't. No, so that's not the triple <laughs> option. That's more of a double, and, you know, that's not, that's, not a, that's not a good recipe, really, for Army most of the time. So, If I could throw my two cents in, I mean, I've, I have the game sitting there with Sal. I thought today what we saw 
was three different things going on. The first half, I believe, was on the players. They didn't execute. They drove the ball. You know, give credit to Georgia State. They went with no huddle offense. Army looked a little bit out of sorts. They did fine. But our guys, they were, they were, they were doing pretty well until they fumbled the ball away. You know, they had that open touchdown, you know, with a bad pass. So I don't put that on the coaches. You know, I know that, you know, Munkin put it on himself. I don't put that on them. They go into the locker room down 17-0. They come back out a different team. Sal and I were talking about. They dominated the third quarter and the first five minutes of the, of the fourth quarter. Dominated. I, I give that credit to the coaches. Munkin and his team. They motivated these guys. I don't know what they said. The players may have woken up and we saw then the, after we did not score, and I, I don't agree with what they did those last three plays. They re- basically ran the same play three times with different people, but the same play right up the middle didn't work. Okay. Then I think the coaches, and I think Munkin agreed with this, and he said it, I think, they panicked. I think when they when we 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 they got the ball back and then we made them punt and we got the ball back at the 50-yard line, give or take. They panicked. They, 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 were, they were doing things that they don't think they, they thought they were running out of time. Munkin even said this. And I think the coaches, you know, at the very end, you know, didn't give the Army guys a chance to, to win the game. Not saying they would have won the game because a lot, of has, a lot has to happen. There's another team on the field trying to stop them. So we saw the players not perform the first half. I don't put that on the coaches at all because the plays were working. They were just fumbling the ball close to the end zone. We, would, we should have come out with a couple of scores, whether t- uh, t- uh, uh, field goals or touchdowns, I don't know. Okay, second was the, a, a different team. We were winning that game. There was no doubt in my mind that Army was going to win that game uh, after the second touchdown down 17-14. And then what happened? They got down to the, 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 the six-yard line. Tyler comes out. They put Ballard in. It obviously screwed up the offense a little bit. They tried to play up the middle three times. Didn't work any of those three times. And they gave the ball back. And then when the, the Army got the ball back, they panicked. And that was the end of the game. Yeah. And, and, and speaking of the end of the game, I, those last two touchdowns by Georgia State, it, 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 I, I, I will never say an Army team gives up. But they, there was just a sense that they had throttled back, that they were already in the locker room. And, uh, you know, to, to give up those last 14 points that late in the game on, on big plays, um, you know, and, and, the, and the defense, you know, I think you've got three players. I mean, Leo Lowen, you know, 12 total tackles, a sack, two tackles for a All loss. over the place. That that dude's yeah. getting crushed by guards on every other play because yeah. the up, front, up front they're not – Fitting right, I don't know. Whatever it is, he's 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 playing his tail off. Yeah, and, and Marquell, Marquell is Marquell. He's always going to be in in the mix. Yeah, given one hundred ten percent. And Bonsu had a decent game. You know, he had a tackle for loss. But but beyond those three, you know, it, it the the impact tapers off really quickly. And uh, and that's you know, man, we're 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 missing some of those key guys from last year. You know, Cockrell, gosh. They're not coming back, Steve. They're not coming back. So oh, I, I, yeah, oh, I know. Games. I know. <laughs> four games. It's four games into the season, man. You got to figure it out. And, oh, a good point. Yeah, Sorry exactly. Yeah, uh, I wanted to talk real what? quick about, about this. And, Brendan, you, you, I know you. I know we talked about this before. I get you. So, the quarterbacks, right? The second series of the game, I'm like, okay, Ballard needs to be in the game. And then – He's not. Then Ballard's in the game and Tyre's not, and they move down the field. Then I'm thinking, okay, Ballard's going to be the guy that starts the second half, right? 
Tyre comes in and does a great job. Does a great job of driving and just running base plays, right? And does a great job. I don't know. Sometimes I have in my head like it's like the opposite effect, right? Where I think, okay, it's Ballard's time, but maybe it's Tyre's doing. I don't know. What, what did you think about the quarterback play today and just the way they were used, so to speak? I mean, honestly, I I didn't have a huge problem with the rotations today, but. You know, I mean, it just it drives me crazy when they pass on first and ten. It just does. Um, it's Was so... that a play action? Was that a were they play actions? Maybe they were. I don't, Maybe I don't they know. were. They probably were. I guess I don't know. And I know, like, um, like, uh, uh, like I, I'm I'm totally in favor of trying to find an edge through analytics. Um, you know, when they when they first. Um, I think it was I think it was between 16 and 17 when they first like went out to they they uh, you know they they hired somebody who gave them a bunch of numbers and the numbers actually told them to run more because it was more effective like I, I'm totally with that but at the same time and at the same time like as a, as a play caller I think you just there's 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 the analytics part, and then there's what can what can my guys that I have today give me, and having a feel for that. And I just feel like I just feel like there's not enough of that sometimes, and there's an over reliance on what the numbers say. So, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. That's totally. all I really have to say about that. I think <laughs> analytics work great when the players perform it as the analytics are supposed to happen. You can say the same thing about baseball. You know, you get a guy up there and. You know, he's going he's gonna to hit the ball, you know, someplace, you know, whatever. And he doesn't do it. You know, that's the way it works. Army guys are smaller. They tend to be slower. Sometimes the analytics don't go with the talent. And, you know, hopefully the coaching staff realizes that. Um, I'm not sure they do. I hope they do. Well, I mean, the analytics are driven from what they've been able to produce. So I, I think it's uh, I think it's right. It's what we call in the military, the art and the science, right? So you have... The, the science of what doctrine tells you to do, right? This is how you handle certain situations when you're being, you know, when you're attacking or whether you're on defense. And then you have the art of it of what have my guys done the last 24 hours? What, what do we have to do after this, right? There's all these other things that where, you know, commanders, leaders have to make these decisions that, um, you know, might not be to the science of it, but kind of the combination of the both. And I think, I think Brandon made a really good point um, or, or Seth about, you know, what can they give me today? Right. What are they giving me today? And, you know, I, you know, I don't know if it's an over-reliance on analytics, but um, you know, just, it just, you know, it, it just kind of, it, it, it surprised me that we came out so flat for an entire half. You know, I was, I was not that surprised at the end of the first quarter. I was like, "All right, we gotta we gotta play a Division One team again." All right, let's go. Now we're woke. you know. Usually, it's after you get punched in the face one time, and you're like, "All right, shit, I gotta, I, I gotta get after it." But um, you know, just very surprised it took an entire half. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought, if I could throw out a, a question, sincere question, instead of where's Waldo, where's Andre Carter? I mean, is was last year he came in under the radar. They didn't scheme for him. They're scheming for him now. Were it the other players that were in the mix that allowed him to do what he did last year? And that's not happened. You know, what, 
What the heck? I think it's very simple. And the defense was much more talented last year with a lot of players you had to scheme for. It, mm-hmm. it just it, it just was. Um, and I think teams are like, oh, God, this guy's – you know, Buckus or this guy's this guy's a draft pick, right? We got a scheme for this guy, and they might be scheming for him, and nobody nobody's stepping up and and making the plays that you know Andre used to make last year. So I, I think it's a, I think that's what it is, Steve. I really do. I, I watched I watched Andre today. Um, it was like the first time I ever really just you know usually I just kind of I, I watched the middle linebackers. I watched the the whole flow of the the defense um, when I'm watching the defense and I watched Andre today. And I mean, they're, I mean, teams are not, they're, they're saying this year, we're not going to let Andre Carter beat us. We're not going to, we're not going to, we're not going to allow on second and seven to end up at third and 12 by not, you know, sliding, sliding to his side um, or, or double teaming him or, or chipping him with the back. I mean, that guy, that guy is getting, that guy is getting blocked by everybody. He is. It's a, he is, and uh, he's doing his best. I, you know, I brought the play where I just, I just thought it was very strange that that quarterback could just hmm. outrun him, outrun him the way he did, uh, because I just, I just felt like Andre had, you know, he's so long and he's so, he's so explosive. Um, that's really, you know, we we need somebody to, you know, I don't think we can. I don't think we can just run stunts nonstop with Carter, you know, looping around the tackle or the tackle looping around him. And, and I don't, I don't think that's the answer. I think the answer is, you know, using that to our favor and somebody stepping up and making plays while Andre Carter is getting double team chipped. Uh, and, and that's just my opinion. Go ahead, Brandon. What do you got? I, so I actually think it's, it's everything. It's uh, the, the guys around him are not as talented as, as they were last year. It's people have more of an awareness of him. They're scheming more for him. And um, and he's been injured. Uh, I mean, he basically from from what I from what I've heard, he was he was largely. Yeah, out that's a that's a really good point. I, I forget about that. That's a good yeah. point. So like, you know, so Steve K, you asked, like, is it this? Is it this? Is it? It's it's everything. See mm. all of the above, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Steve. Let me ask you, Steve Anderson. Let me ask you a question. They usually rush him from the edge, right? If you line them up straight over the center, does that change anything at all? Get rid of that nose tackle. Does that change anything? Is that a different look? Is that what do you think about that? I don't know. Well, when you come off the edge, right? You you have right. Um, it, it, he, you have your moves. Right, you have the thing he's practices nonstop. Now, when you play, put him right in the center, right? And and I'll tell you what, the, one of the best players at this was, you know, and I just know this because he was my teammate, right? Is Josh McNary, where guys could not, he would, he would literally chop linemen's arms with two hands and try to break their forearms with how hard he would chop, right? And then you would use that momentum, right, to chop. And as you chop, you got skinny, right? And you would just keep going. And Josh was great. Like a lot of my blitzes were up the were up the gut, right? I was you know middle linebacker. I was an A gap blitzer. I knew how to how to move my body and blitz to where I could get the center out of my way or get the guard out of the way, depending on how they came off the block. But that that was my blitz. I knew that because that's all I practiced. Yeah. You know. Now if they want if if they wanted to move 
uh, Carter around a little more. Um, you know, he's an athlete. I mean, shit, he's he's super physically gifted and he's intelligent. I'm sure it would just take, you know, reps and reps at practice and then after practice, continue and get after, and he could do it. Uh, but it's just very different, especially, you know, the center is usually, you know, he's he, the center is usually stout, right? He's the six foot, 270, 280 guy that that doesn't move very much, but he, he's got that punch. So, yeah. Uh, just an idea, I, just a thought. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it, it's. I think Car. I think it's the. It's the. I think Brandon's right on it, man. I, I keep forgetting Carter's been battling that, battling that injury or that that. And I don't really want to call it an injury because he looks good out there. It just, it just looks like he is, a little overwhelmed with what they threw. I literally watched the play today. I watched the play today, where they slid to his side. He got around a guy, and the back still chipped him before he could get to the quarterback. So, like, when I saw that play today, I was like, all right, that's it. Like, Carter is just being – they are just saying somebody else somebody else sacked our quarterback because it's not going to be this guy. Well, that's on the coaching, though. See, if, if they're double-teaming him and they're scheming against him, the coaching has to do – the coaches have to do something to make I mean, I, I get it, Seth. I get you say the coaching, but somebody's got to make the play. Well, yeah. they yeah, if they're doubling Carter, then that's somebody else. You know, it's it, it's like defending the option. You know, it's if you're not disciplined, if you're not covering any guy, somebody's you know somebody's free. You know, it it, it goes both ways. Yeah. And if they're doubling Carter, then then who's got the open well, lane? Into it, we're four games into it. We think the coaching. The coaches would sit there and say, "Okay, they're doubling this guy. We got to do something else, or we got to move Carter around. We got to do something to 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 upset the offensive uh, strategies." Hey, hey, Seth, I remember talking to you in the press box about this. It was really early in the game, the first drive, right? It's mm-hmm. a third and change, probably third and seven, third and eight. And Steve, they dropped Andre Carter back in the coverage and rushed three. What? 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 what I mean, what, why is he on the field? Why is he I on mean- the field? We why, just why, why? Sal, we just talked about it, right? You um and Seth, we you just mentioned it. Why are we dropping Andre Carter when he's our best pass rusher, right? It's because we know the whole line's gonna slide to him. He's not gonna get to the quarterback anyway. Okay? He hasn't got to the quarterback in four games. All right, he's gotten maybe what what what's he had well, now? Well, no, you t- uh, he got one one game he had sacks. But that's what I'm saying, is in four games. You know, it, it hasn't been a, a recipe for success. So they were using that to our advantage there. Look, I don't like seeing Andre Carter in co- pass coverage at all, okay? He's a physical specimen that can rush the passer. Like, that's his gift. But that was the coaches trying to use that, right? We knew they were going to slide to him. The, the line did it. The line went. The, they went to Carter. Carter left. And then they're like, oh, well, we better go back this way, right? And nobody got home. Not one of those guys got home when they had that split second. That line slides. That line slides immediately, right? And that guy has a split second to make a move when he's one on one. And me versus you, I'm better than you. And we don't have that guy opposite or in the center that that could make it happen. And look, I was I was dying when I saw Andre Carter in pass coverage. I was like, oh my god, what, what are we doing? What, what happened? The quarterback scrambled for a first down. 
he scrambled for a first down. And yeah, like, I mean, uh, with a quarterback like that, you got fourth down. I would say third or fourth down. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, that that guy had that guy had some ability. I mean, I I I I am a big believer as long as you can defend having a QB spy. Like you drop, you know, yeah. you just you know, you just have. I I love the QB spy because I did it a lot as a middle linebacker for Ellerson. Um, and I just loved it. Now, there's plenty of times where there was quarterbacks more athletic than me, and I can spy all day long. It wasn't going to help, all right? So um, you got to have the right guy spying. Uh, but there was plenty of times where it just put me in the right position. Um, and, yeah, it's – look, I, I, I watch the defense more intensely. I watch the offense as a fan, and I watch the defense as, like, you know, a guy that, like, I know what I'm supposed to see here for the most part as far as, like, alignment assignment and stuff like that i don't know their i don't know exactly what all their keys are but um i understand defense a lot more so it just it, it makes sense to me that if if car's not getting home you know we're using them as you know almost not a decoy but we're going to try to use them in different capacities in order to try to try to confuse that offensive line and i mean they did what we wanted to do we just couldn't get anybody home it's you know we gotta we gotta we you know we gotta figure it out because they're gonna keep they're gonna keep scheming for guys, I, I got to sign off, but I wanted to say one more thing or two more things. One, Connecticut won today against Fresno State. Not a great Fresno State team, but Connecticut won. I thought that was interesting. I watched the end of the game as I was writing the story. Uh, two, we have Wake Forest this week. I hope the coaches do something that we're talking about, the stuff that we just talked about. I hope these guys realize that they got to come up with some offensive and defensive changes uh, if they expect to be in the game with Wake Forest. That's uh, that's my view, because if they do the same old, same old, Wake Forest is watching the films. They know what to do. You know, that's the issue. You, know, you have four games under our belt. That's four games worth of films that these teams are watching down the road. So I just hope that Munkin and his team um, are, are putting together, are thinking right now, today, tomorrow, next couple of days, about what they're going to do uh, against a very, very good Wake Forest team, an explosive offensive team and a better defensive team than last year. Yeah, Wake beat Florida State today. So um, yeah, yeah, their only loss is a double overtime to Clemson, right? So um, yeah. us, everybody check out Seth's uh, story on BlackKnightNation.com. We'll, we'll see you soon, Seth. Um, before we wrap this pot up, uh, this recap um, up, we got. To, I want to talk about the fake punt. I want to talk about what happened in the end there. You know, I mean, well, first the third down play. Right now, it's third and ten, I guess, and it's a passing down, right? And, and I hear the announcers saying, you know, uh, it's Army. They don't necessarily have to pass on third and ten. They can run the football. And I'm not sure what that play was. I mean, was it a rollout and was it an option for Tyre to run or pass? I'm not sure. Honestly, I was in the elevator going down to the stadium when that happened, so I didn't see the play live. I watched it once on TV. Um, maybe you guys can give me the take on that. And then, you know, that fake punt on 4th and 11. And Coach Munkin said that's kind of on him, right? Because I guess, Steve, maybe you can talk about this. When the defense stays on the field, um, I guess Army players have a read or a tell maybe to say if the defense is still on the field, we're going to run this fake punt. But a fake punt on 4th and 11 when the game's still in doubt and you can punt the ball down and try to pin Georgia State. And I love Austin Hill. I love Austin Hill's effort on the field, right? Austin Hill went down a couple times, uh, possibly the cramps during the game, right? 
I mean, Austin Hill gave every ounce of effort he had to try to pick up those 11 yards, right? But to call that play then, and Coach Muggin said, well, maybe I should have kept the offense on the field and passed. Yeah, you probably should have, right? I mean, uh, which maybe your guys take on the end there because it, did, it didn't, like I said, it just didn't go well there. And part I, of it. I don't think there's anybody that was not surprised at a fake punt call there, um, just because, just because it, it it just for you know other than other than the the cat like we're all we're all just casual. I mean we're not casual. We're all diehard RV football love watching it right. Um, but you're right, Sal. There are right. There is probably something that happened earlier in the game that. Or something they plan for that if they come out in this alignment, they practiced it. So right, if they come out in this alignment and you show me this, right, and we've got three weeks of film, or if we have, if we had four weeks of film on them, right, hmm. right, like, and if it's a, if it's an automatic audible, right, because there are some, there are some times where it's an automatic audible. Like I, I played punt team for four years. I played punt team, right. There's a, there's automatic audibles. And then there's audibles, like, for certain situations, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't know what kind of power he gives the punter slash the the the, the up back. The shield, yeah, the shield or whatever, yeah. Yeah, right? I don't know what kind of power he gives them. Um, and I didn't I didn't see his reaction after the, the, the fake punt as far as, like, whether or not it was something that, he knew what was going on or didn't know what was going on or, or what. And maybe you guys can, can help me on that one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there are things under that. It just uh, – I agree with you, Sal. It just felt like the game was still very much manageable. Um, I think our defense was playing very well up to that point where we had momentum. And then it just seemed like right after that – and I, I say this all the time. Momentum is just as important – as the right scheme, because if all the momentum's on your side, right, you are you are going to be you're going to be a hard team to beat, you know. And that comes with home field advantage. That comes with big plays. That comes with you know, especially right, one of the biggest momentum shifters, right, are special teams plays. Yeah, because the offense and defense are out there crushing nonstop, right? Ten plays or five plays or whatever, right? Special teams goes on for one play, one play before. Yeah, the defense or offense are back out there, and that is why when special teams has a huge shift in momentum, it's it, you see it all the time. You see it in every single game at every single level. When special teams have a momentum shifting play, the offense or defense or whatever team comes on, it's always something positive that comes immediately thereafter. Also, I remember this stat when I played. Okay, I remember this stat because I was on punt team. If you can pin, if you can pin your 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 opponent within the five yard line, you have a ninety three percent chance of coming away with points. Wow, ninety three percent chance that if you can stop them on that first time, you have a ninety three percent chance of coming away with points. Right? Yeah. If it's a ten ten yard line, you have a seventy three percent chance. And I just remember always thinking that is the weirdest stat. Who came up? Who who tracked this? Because analytics, baby. <laughs> right, right. 
Um, Horses pod. But and, 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 anyway, back to your original question, Sal. There are automatic checks. Yeah. Um, and you know, I don't know how. I didn't know if Munkin, you know, Coach Munkin saw it or or knew that automatic check was going to happen, but. Very, very tough, very tough to watch not get the first down there. You know, we get the first down there, we probably score, we probably win the game because of the momentum, yeah. right? Yeah. But to watch it eh, 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 play out the way it did, very, very hard. Dude, I don't think analytics are telling you to run that play. But, hey, let me make a quick point, right? We had, the what, a 24-yard punt or, or whatever, a 20-yard punt earlier in the game, right? So we you don't have Zach Harding this year. If you have Zach Harding this year, no question in the world you're punting in that situation, right? You're punting in that situation. You're pinning them down. And go ahead, go ahead, um, Georgia State. Let's see what you can do. But you just don't – there's – they don't have that punter this year. They don't have the punter that who knows they could have punted and it would have been a, a pin pun. We don't know. Stout, to quote you earlier, he's not coming back. They just don't have the con I mean, I don't know because that seems like punt in every analytics handbook that I Probably is out there, right? But it just wasn't there. Steve, right? Be what your your uh, take on yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, it may be to dovetail off of that. I, you know, I think this game is is a reminder. You know, and and I think you know, Munkin uses this storyline as a motivator. You know, that it's rare that Army's going to take the field and be the most talented field out there, or uh, most talented team out there. Um, but you know, he expects the best effort. He expects near flawless execution. And so, you know, as we've gone through this and had this discussion, there's that, you know, play here, the execution there, the muff punt, you know, the bad pass here and there, you know, the margin of talent and the difference between a victory and a loss is a very fine line. And, and, I, and I think we've, we've been spoiled is probably a bit of hyper, hyperbole, but, you know, we've gotten used to that high level of execution and whether it's talent or coach prep or whatever, this is a game that's a reminder, you know, we, um, it, it's a fine line out there. And, uh, you know, because we, we could probably rattle off those half dozen different plays. Had they gone differently, man, we're hanging a W up there. Yeah. And, and yet, um, so, you know, I, I think, you know, I, no one else I'd rather have at the helm right now than Munkin. Um, you know, you know, talk about you know underdog consummate underdog game going into Wake Forest, a very very talented, capable. You know, hey, we can show what we're made of. Let's turn it around in a week and uh, at least be uh, you know give them a good game. If not, knock them back on their heels and come away with a W. Yeah, Brendan. Um your thoughts just i guess closing thoughts you know we were in the uh, waiting for uh, coach to come to the press conference and you know a couple guys were saying looking at the schedule and they're like where are these wins coming from to get bowl eligible you know you worry about bowl eligibility after four games you know and a one and three start and you know you see teams like Seth said UConn and UMass and Troy and Louisiana Monroe and Colgate you just put an x through Colgate because even a win over Colgate doesn't count toward the bowl just put a big exit there. Counts in the win column, but not in the bowl eligibility column. So, um, you know, 
just maybe some thoughts about if you want to talk about that punt, if you would just thoughts about, you know, where the team's at and where they can go. Yeah. I mean, if you, uh, I guess it was after the UTSA game, I said, you know, I'm not pushing the panic button yet, but my finger's definitely on it. This is like, I mean, you said it like, I don't, I don't see where, I don't see how they go. What? Six and two down the stretch, whatever it would take them to get to bowl eligibility. But, um, as 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 you guys were just talking about, you know, it, it it is a fine line. Sometimes it was a fine line with Villanova. I mean, they end up winning by a big margin, but that game was very much in the balance. And so I, I would just say to try to remind people, like, I mean, I I I'm definitely not optimistic about this season going forward. But in terms of a game by game basis, you know, the score doesn't doesn't necessarily tell you how competitive it was um, because. You know, if they, you know, I mean, I, I honestly, like, I didn't even think the fake punt was the worst call in the world. But as I said before, it's like, do you want to put the game in the hands of a guy who's come off or twice already for dehydration? Like, is that the best decision to make with the players you have on the day? Like, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I, I don't I don't really have much else to say in that regard. Yeah, I don't know. Just things like, man, it was so much hope when the fourth quarter started in the in at Mikey Stadium, and you know, I, I, I want to say one more thing. Um, like, the, of course, the forecast wasn't great today, right? It was supposed to rain. We were supposed to maybe get some stuff from Hurricane Ian. Didn't rain much at Mikey Stadium at all. Twenty five thousand strong at Mikey Stadium, which. You know, for Georgia State, I mean, you would hope that more people would show up, but the weather and everything like that. Um, you know, I sat on the south side, the the reservoir side, for the last five minutes with, with a friend, and you got Georgia State fans making a hell of a lot of noise on that side. And you had US, uh, UTSA fans, the same thing a couple weeks back. And it's just like, I don't know. I mean, I guess the game like this doesn't really br- – it's not going to bring fans b- – out to Mikey Stadium, more fans out to Mikey Stadium, but that home field advantage is, you know, they don't have that home field advantage as much as they did in the past with the better teams. So, um, you know, that's we'll, we'll see. I don't know. That that's just a, you know, maybe a yeah, little off. And to your point, uh, week before last, we we interviewed Coach Munkin, and you know, the question was asked, what you know, what can fans do to support, you know, and and his two words, show up. Um, and, and I don't know what it is. Um, uh, you know, ticket prices, you know, what I mean, parking, yeah. but it, know. uh, it's, it, it is Mikey should have a true home field advantage. And for whatever factors are involved, you know, that, that doesn't appear to be the case. You know, so I would, I go ahead. I'm sorry, Brendan, were you going to say? Anything? Oh yeah. I mean, this, this is definitely not a problem that's unique to army, like college, like attendance is down, like physical attendance is down pretty much across the board um, in college football. Like I I think I saw somebody last night saying like UCLA, like it's a ghost town out there. And like, that's still a pretty competitive program. So. Yeah. um, Well, I get it. That's, uh, that's my final, I mean, big game coming up this week against Wake Forest. This was when you looked at the schedule, this was going to be the best team that you faced all year long, you know? Um, So in last year's game, 70-55, that was crazy at Mikey Stadium. I don't know if Army has – what we saw today, Army sort of hang hang with that from last year, but the defense has to 
Steve, the defense has to play probably their best game of the season for Army to have a chance to, against uh, Wake Forest uh, on Saturday night. Yeah, I, I, it's always funny, and I remember, um, you know, when we played, we, you know, we used to, uh, we had a, a, a few games stretched where we were losing, like, you know, we lost like seventeen to fourteen, or, or, you know, we lost to Texas A and M one year, like twenty one seventeen. Um, we we lost uh, to uh, another team. You know, it was basically where the defense. You, you started feeling like the defense got. It didn't start to feel but the defense was getting frustrated that we were losing games. Um, that if our offense had showed up, we were going to win. And I just remember um, coach coming to us and being like, "Look, there's going to be a game where you're going to need them to show up." And you know, it was Coach Sadat. He came up and. He's like, there's going to be a game. You're going to need them to show up because you didn't show up. And they'll show up. They'll be there that day they show up. Yeah. And it was Kent, it was Kent State my senior year. Yeah, it was we, let, we let Kent State score like, I don't know, 28, 30-something points against us. Some bull crap. We also had uh, a punt that game that cost us being the number one punt team for net punt in the nation that year. So, um, th But the offense showed up, got us a W. So I just – yeah, they have you know, 25, I think. So. Yeah, and I, I just want um, – I want, uh, you know, if any players listen to this or the Army fans listen to this, know that, you know, stay together, all right? We're, it's, a very, it's a very long season. I know we're four games into this now, but it's a long season, and we see it every weekend, okay? There's upsets every weekend, so, you know, I'll end with just beat Wake Forest. Yeah, appreciate everybody uh, watching this. Um, uh, replay, uh, check out Black Knight Nation. Uh, Seth's game story is already up there. Check out Black Knight Nation YouTube. I already had the press conference videos from Coach Monk and Leo Lowen, Tyre Tyler, and uh, Connor Bishop up on our Black Knight Nation YouTube page. Um, Instagram has some pregame videos that I took today. And, um, man, we hit 4,000 followers at Black Knight Nation Twitter today. So thanks for everybody uh, following us, you know on our road to 5k there and um steve we're gonna we're gonna have the you know the last couple podcasts that we've done with guests have really been out of this world like just back at deep dives in the army history and hopefully we can get a few more on there uh, a few more yeah, on soon for you guys. sal if if i may i mean i i brought i brought this up earlier uh you know i mean i, I always i always tell people like you know i'm not an, i'm not an old grad i'm not a vet i'm just a fat civilian who happens to be very passionate about army football. So I've, I've been well uh, familiar with, you know, quote unquote, the legend of Nate Sassaman, which is, you know, coach young comes in, tries to run a pro style offense, doesn't work, changes to the, which one in the off season and, and happens to find this kid at free safety. That is not untrue, but that is certainly not the entire truth. So if you are the least bit interested in, kind of the history of army football in the, the 84 season in particular, go check out those episodes with uh, Nate Sassman on black Knight nation. They're tremendous. They're I mean, Steve, unbelievable. Right. I mean, man, I wanted to do a week. I told him when we got off, Steve, I told him let's, you want to do a weekly spot. You want to do a weekly Nate Sassman spot. I'm all for it. You can have your own podcast. We'll call it the Nate Sassman podcast. You know what I mean? Because he's like, ah, no, give me a call next year. He told me to give him a call next year. Steve. <laughs> like, Oh man. But Hey, he, I don't know if I should go on the records of this, but he's going to try to get Jim young for us. He said he was going to try to get Jim young for us. And 
you know, um, uh, Jody Glor, who we had our, as our last guest, we're trying to take a deep dive into the history, maybe potentially a Gary Steele or a Raleigh Stitch way. I mean, those are really, yeah, we would like to get some current players on that just played too. Um, sort of Scott Flanick in the stands today. Scott Flanick was a long snapper for Army when they had the successful teams who played in the USFL for the general. Saw him today in the stands. Uh, we had him on Steve Wright, the long snapping podcast, where he educated us on long snapping. You know, man, I was running down our guests that we've had this year to somebody at Army and pointed them to our YouTube channel. And, man, it just keeps on getting better. And um, we appreciate it. And we can't get it done without higher echelon Joe Ross, right? We can't get it done with them. And so, um, man, let's keep it going and let's, um, let's see what armies, we'll see what armies made of, uh, next Saturday night in Winston-Salem to see what they can do against the Demon Deacons. Guys, it's been a blast. Yeah. Steve Anderson, Brendan in Jersey, Steve Kripe, Seth Mendelson, and myself breaking down this 31-14 loss for Georgia State. Um, uh, it might be another late night podcast on uh, next Saturday with Wake Forest, guys. Thanks for joining us and, uh, we'll see you soon. Meet him. Thank you.